You're listening to the New Hope Church podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killian. may be seated. Good morning. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. And um, today we're going to continue working through our series, Believe and Live. And uh, in order to do that, we are going to have to get right into it because we are reading a lot of scripture right up front. Uh, we're going to read the whole chapter of, uh, of chapter nine of John. And it starts like this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know. He replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how can an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division among the, uh, in opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he's old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know that I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? 
Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You've seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. And then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby asked, are you saying we're blind? He said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim that you can see. That is a lot of scripture. (laughs) And so we can't talk about all of it, but we can talk about some of it. We can talk about what fits with what we're talking about right now, which is believe and live. And I think we got to start from the top. And right from the top, you get Jesus and the disciples. They're walking about and they see this man and he's been blind from birth. He's a beggar. And the disciples say, hey, was that because of his parents' sin or his sin that he's, that he's blind? And that is such a human question. And it's honestly such a Jewish question for their time, right? Because, I mean, that's kind of a cultural thing. You look at cultures and you see like bad juju. You see karma. You see stuff like that, right? But then you look at Jewish culture and there are verses in the Bible that if you don't read them in the broader context of Scripture... You could be thinking, yeah, God visits the sins of the parents quite literally on the children. And Jesus is going, no, 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 no. This, that's not what this is. That's not how that works. This man is not blind because he's a sinner. He's not blind because his parents are sinners. This man is blind so he can glorify God. That is a very interesting thing to say. So Jesus gets down in the dirt. And he spits in the dirt. And he starts mixing around the dirt with his spit. And he's got this mud on his fingers now. And he spreads it over the eyes of this blind man. And you're going, why? That's gross. And there's a couple answers, okay? The first one is this. And the first one is the big one, right? Actually, they're both pretty big. But it's it's maybe the low-hanging fruit. We're reading from the book of John, okay? John's gospel is trying to prove that Jesus Christ is God. Each of the Gospels have kind of a a, a certain bend on the narrative that they're trying to convey. But this is John's, that Jesus Christ is the God of the Old Testament. That is who he is, okay? And so what we see here is supposed to remind us of Genesis, when we go all the way back to, to when Jesus, well, when God, Jesus, is making things, and we know that it's Jesus, because when we read John 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and nothing was made apart from him. The Word is Jesus. And so we know Jesus is being stated as the creator God of Genesis. 
right? This is who made everything. And so what we see here is we think back and we think, wait, how did, how did God make man originally? And he got down in the dirt and he formed a man out of the clay of the earth. He made this statue of a man and he breathed his life into the nostrils of that man, into his lungs, and then it made a man. It made Adam. It made a human being. And here we see that same God in our time, in, in our world, in like reality, right? Like, you know, it's not just some ancient myth thing, you know, and I'm not saying it is, but it's easy to, to get it mixed up like that. But here he is. And he's getting down in the dirt right in front of this blind man and he starts mixing the mud and he makes clay and he is giving new life to this man who has been broken by a fallen world. And he says he's doing it because this man's going to glorify God. That's the first reason. Because Jesus is God. Okay? Here's the second reason. Because Jesus is hilarious. Okay? <laughs> He is, he is a, he is a sick man sometimes in the best way, and I love it. Okay? Here's the deal. The Mishnah is a book you have probably never heard of, and that's okay. We're going to talk about it. The Mishnah is a collection of oral traditions of the Jews. It's the first part of the Talmud. Okay? These are Jewish books, and they are Jewish ideas. They are not scripture. They are Ideas that the Jews have gathered about Scripture. These are man-made traditions about what God's words originally meant. And so for the law, you're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. And so they have made a laundry list of things that they consider work on the Sabbath. And do you know what one of those is? Quite literally, in uh, the Shabbat 108.20, you cannot pour wine into the eyes of a blind man to heal him. And you cannot spit and put that on his eyes to heal him. So what does Jesus do? Spits in the ground, makes mud, puts it on his eyes because he's starting a fight. And I love it. It's so good. It's so good. And so this guy goes, this, this man now, he goes and he's going he's gonna to go tell everybody, right? Because what just happened is that Jesus just showed this man how little he cares about Jewish tradition. Okay? Because what's happened is a bunch of Jews have taken the word of God, they've taken scripture, and they've twisted it up over generations and generations and generations, because that's what people do. Okay? And what they've done is they've made the word of God say something that it never actually said, and now they're using it as a weapon. Okay? And here's why that's important, is because we still do that today, all right? If the Pharisees were around today, they would be the people that would look at you and say, well, I can't, I can't call you my brother because you're not reading from the King James only. They're the people that would look at you and judge you and think you're doing something wrong if you don't look a certain way on Sunday morning. You don't meet my expectations of how you should look. It's legalism, and they're pushing it to hurt people. And Jesus hates it so much that he quite literally spits all over it. He takes our man-made traditions and says, do these jive with the word of God? Does this line up with what scriptures actually say? Do these line up with what God actually feels and thinks? Because if they don't, that's it. They're crap. 
And he's making a very real statement about that to the point that this man goes and he starts telling everybody and it starts to cause a commotion. So that's the first point is that Jesus does not care for our traditions. If our traditions don't match with God's heart, don't match with scripture. So this man, he goes to this pool and he washes his eyes out and all of a sudden he can see. And people are looking at this guy and they're going, wait, are you, are you that beggar that used to sit around here? And he's going, yeah, yeah, I'm that that guy. And they're like, no, you can't be that guy. That guy was blind. You can't be him. He's like, no, I know. I know this is weird. Like, I know it doesn't make sense. I was blind, but I'm not blind anymore. Because I met this guy named Jesus, and he changed my life. He, he, he made mud in the ground. He spit. It was weird. I don't know. And he put mud on my eyes. And when I washed it out, I could see. And people hear this, and they're like, wait, wait, wait. we got to take you to the Pharisees. Because why? Because you can't do that. So they take him to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees go, okay, what happened? He tells them the story. The Pharisees are like, wait, wait, so you were blind. And he's like, yeah, I'm blind. He's telling everybody. And they just can't believe him. So they're bringing in his family, and his family's like, yeah, no, no, he was actually blind. He's, he's, he's been blind forever. We're his parents, but we don't know what happened. And they get scared, and they don't want to say too much. Because the Pharisees have put out this rule that if you say that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, you are cut off from the synagogue. Now, That sounds like, okay, cool, I can't go to the synagogue anymore. No, this is huge. That's where you make sacrifices. That's where you go to atone for your sins in Jewish culture. And they are saying, you can't anymore. You are cut off from salvation. That is a huge deal for for a Jew of that time, right? So his parents back off. But then when the Pharisees start pressing on him and they're like, okay, now just tell us one more time what this Jesus did. What's the guy do? He doesn't do what the guy in chapter uh, five did. You guys remember him? We talked about him. See, he gets a miracle. And what's he do? He runs off to the Pharisees. And as soon as they're like, hey, tell us what this Jesus guy did. He's like, okay, I'll tell you. And just like sells Jesus out. Knows that he sells Jesus out and does it on purpose. But this guy, They go, okay, you're under oath. That's what it means when they're like, let's glorify God. You're now under oath, okay? This is is a trial now. Tell us again what you said about this Jesus. What's he say? I already told you. I already told you. You didn't hear me. You don't care. You're not paying attention. And then he gets in that little snide remark of, do you want to be his disciple too? This guy is standing up for a man that he doesn't even know is God yet. He just knows that this guy changed his whole life. He just knows that he was blind and now he can see. And he's like, I'm not going to sell this man out. This man changed my life for the better. And if you can't see that, maybe you've got the problem. That's the second point here, guys. Stand up boldly for Jesus in the face of adversity and even in the face of persecution. This man is going to lose his salvation over Jesus. And he's totally ready to do that because he knows that this guy is from God. He knows this man is sent from God. They say, well, we don't know that he's sent from God. He says, what do you mean he's not sent from God? Nobody can heal blind people. This man is clearly sent from God. 
He is ready to lay it all on the line because this man is the real deal. Jesus Christ is the real deal and he sees it. And so my question to you is, do we do that? How are we doing on that today? Would you be willing to stand in the face of adversity, in the face of persecution, and stand up for Christ? And here's the deal. I've thought for a long time, I've thought my whole life, I've always been like, oh yeah. I hear those stories about like, like Columbine or like school shootings where they like put a gun to your head and you know, do you believe in Jesus? Stuff like that's happened. Stuff like that happens today in, in the Middle East and Africa, right? Asia. And they go, you know, would you believe, do you believe in Jesus? And I'd always thought like, you know, I would, I no doubt in my mind. But I started thinking like, if a person has a really hard time, like just spreading the gospel on a daily basis, just telling your friends about Jesus, just telling your family member that doesn't believe in Jesus. Like if you don't talk about Jesus ever, why do you think you would talk about Jesus with a gun to your head, you know, like that's what's happening to this guy. He's going to lose his salvation. And so I think we need to dig deep when we, when we read stuff like this and go like, do I reflect that in my day-to-day life? Because that's how I know what I would do when it really gets hard, right? So that's my takeaway from this little portion. That's point two. Stand up for Jesus even in the face of harsh, harsh circumstances. And here's the third one. You don't need to know much. And you're like, why are we in church then? Well, you, you got to keep learning. You do. We got to stay connected, right? Jesus talks about, you know, he's the, bron- the, the vine, we're the branches. We have to stay connected. We have to keep growing. We have to mature and grow in our faith. And your, your, your evangelism, your, your telling, your spreading of the gospel will grow. It will get better. But here's kind of what I'm saying. Um, Like, I've talked to a lot of atheists, I've talked to a lot of agnostics or New Agers, and we go down really weird tunnels when we get into talking about God. Like, we end up talking about, like, evolutionary biology and cosmological constants and all this science-y stuff, right? Like, it goes down crazy routes. And I can logic somebody all day, but you can't logic someone out of a situation they didn't logic themselves into. Sometimes what they need is just your story. Sometimes you just have to look at somebody and when they're like, well, who is this guy? Is he a sinner? Like, who is he? You just, like this guy go, I don't know. I don't know everything. I don't, I don't have all the information yet. What, what I do know is that this man changed my life. I was blind. I was broken. And now I see. I was dead inside, but now I'm alive. Jesus came into my life and he took who I was and he made me different. And so many of us have a story like that. And that probably doesn't mean you're perfect. But it probably means that you used to not care so much about your sin. And now you're sitting here today and you hate it. You hate your sin and you love God and you want to do better. That's a new creation. Tell that story. And keep reading your Bible and keep praying to God and keep learning about Jesus and you will grow in your faith. You will be stronger and your testimony will grow stronger. But you don't start there. You don't start by running a marathon. You start by learning to crawl. 
The cool part is you can spread the gospel well just knowing how to crawl. Just get out and do it. This guy doesn't even know who Jesus is. He just knows he healed him and he is ready to lay his whole life on the line for him. Are we in that same boat? Here's the other reason I say you don't have to know everything. Because Jesus looks at the Pharisees. And this is where it gets really convoluted at the end. The language gets very strange. But he looks at him, and he's talking about, you know, you, know you, you were blind, but now you're not blind. But I've come into this world to show those that say they can see that they're actually blind. And the Pharisees go, wait, are you telling us that we're blind? And he says, look, you say you can see, and so your judgment is on your own heads. You would be better off being blind. That's what he's saying. And when he's saying blind, he's not being literal. He is talking about ignorance. He's saying, you are the Pharisees. You are the teachers of the religious law. You know all the scriptures. You have access to all of God's word. And now I'm standing in front of you. The God of the universe is standing in front of you and you can't even see it. You refuse to see it. You hate God. You hate what God is doing. You wanted to put God in your little box and he's bigger than that and you can't stand it. And he's saying you would have been better off not knowing anything, being completely ignorant because then you would have an excuse. But you don't. There's a lot of people that they get trapped in denominational boundaries and traditions like we saw earlier that use them to build walls between brothers and sisters that, that cause division and hatred or say that, oh, well, they're not Christians because they don't believe on this secondary issue like I do. We've talked about this before. It's the same thing. Jesus is coming back to it. He's saying Forget what you thought you knew and just rely on me. Rely on my word. Stop trying to make so much sense of it with, with your, your Jewish customs, trying to fit those into it, trying to make this all fit your worldview. Why don't you just conform to what Scripture says and the fact that God is working in front of you? He's asking them to simplify their faith and they just can't do it. He's asking them to unlearn the lies and to start learning the truth. And honestly, y'all, we've all got lies that we've learned in our lives. We've all got things we thought about the Bible that may not, may not be true. We've got to be willing to go, am I right? Sometimes you just need to simplify and go, but what did Jesus say? The Pharisees couldn't do that. And for that, he said, you are blind. He's talking about spiritual blindness. So my question to you, my, my, my third thing that I want you to really think on is that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers to be an effective person. Be like that man in the story. Rest on what you know, and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that you were blind, but now you can see. And that that is enough to change the heart of the person. That's all it takes. But get out there and start spreading that news, just like the man in this story. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, 
feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.